What's going on, everybody? My name is Coach Stefan, and I am the owner of Pursuit Health and Performance. Welcome to the Everyday Pursuit Podcast. Uh, a couple, couple things. Number one, uh, this week I had a client first time that asked, "Hey, you know why? Why did you start the podcast, and why did you name it the uh, the Everyday Pursuit, or why did you name your company Pursuit Health and Performance?" It was kind of a two part question. And I want to break that down because uh, whether you're a client or not and you listen to this, I, I want you guys to understand. So number one, this company used to be SK Fitness LLC because my name's Stefan Coons and it's just my initials. And that's what I started back in 2013, 14 um, when, I, when I first started doing like actual personal training um, way, way, way back when. So the reason when I rebranded is number one, I didn't want this company to be about me. Okay. I know there's a lot of people that do and they're like, oh, Brianna Fitness or whatever. I did not want it to be about me. I wanted this vision to be a lot bigger. And then number two, um, the reason I picked the word pursuit is because if you haven't, I mean, if you have listened to some of these episodes or a lot of them or none of them, um, you'll hear a reoccurring theme and it's about pursuing just life, like being better in life in all areas. I talk about the five buckets of life and being a better dad and husband or whatever. And I think a lot of that is related to fitness. I think if you prioritize your health and fitness, you become a better person. Like I really do believe that. Uh, and I think a lot of people, not that it makes you like morally a better person, but it can help. If you feel better, you have better energy, you have more confidence, like you're going to show up to the world as a better you, a better version of you. I think most people would agree. So one of the big things that has been on my, or was on my mind when, when I was thinking about starting this company is what, what is like the reoccurring theme of my fitness journey? And I think what I preach for most people, and that's why our like slogan or quote, whatever you want to call it was where the pursuit never stops. And when you look at a fitness journey, I really do believe a fitness journey is something that doesn't stop. Like you, it's literally should be your whole life until you die. Like I, as morbid as that sounds, I hope that you keep exercising and taking care of your body. And it's something that you're going to do every week forever. And now that might change. Maybe when you're younger, you do a different style of training that you do when you're 60, but like fitness and health is something that you have to take care of because you live inside your body. And that is the body you have till you die. And I think people really don't take advantage of it. They're like, wait until they're in their 30s or their 40s or their 50s. I was like, dude, your life's more than half over or half over, depending on how old you are. And oh, you're just now getting control of it. I mean, if you ask me, and 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 this is the thing about health and fitness and nutrition. If you ask me, hey, what what is something that, you do every week, okay, aside from eating and, and fitness, what's something you do every single week or even like every single day, multiple times per day? And are you okay with not being good at that? I would tell you no. I think, think about nutrition. There's adults that are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, beyond that don't really understand nutrition. I was like, dude, you've been eating three times a day plus every day your entire life and will continue to do it. And that's not something you want to invest in learning about. Like you have to do it all day, every day. And you just like, don't care to know. It blows my mind. Um, or for exercise, like this is something you should be doing at least a few days a week forever. And you just kind of want to wing it. Like, 
I, that would be the one area that I would want to invest in, right? Just like work. Most people have to work the majority of their life. So don't you think you would learn how to like make money and learn about business and your job and your career? People do. They go to college, they, they put in time and effort into listening to podcasts and books and all this about their career, but not the body they live in to do that career. Blows my mind. So when I looked at the pursuit, I was like, okay, well, you need to pursue being a better you. And that is in multiple areas. I don't talk about just fitness because I think fitness is the gateway to do better in, in your life. Like, I don't think people want to be fit just to be fit. They want to be fit because it makes them feel better, right? Emotionally, physically, maybe spiritually. And I think that that's what a lot of us are seeking is like the happiness and satisfaction, right? So that's kind of why I started Pursuit Health and Performance. And when I call this the everyday pursuit is the fact that I am pursuing something every day, right? Like eating healthy and um, exercising is still a smaller part of my day. Like I work out for an hour, hour and a half and I'm eating, but like, let's just say it takes me 30 minutes to eat three times a day. What does the rest of my day look like? What is it comprised of? What am I doing? Well, I'm working, I'm hanging out with my family, um, diving into my faith. Like I'm doing a lot of other things that to me have a higher purpose. Fitness is just the outlet, right? Like I know on social media, a lot of people make it look like, oh, your whole life's fitness. My whole life is not fitness. Am I fit? Yes. Do I look good? Yes. Am I healthy? Yes. But that's not my whole life. My whole life does not revolve around that. And just like you guys, you have careers, you would probably have families. So I think understanding that, and, and that's something we preach too, is like fitness is not supposed to consume your entire life and be your life. It's supposed to improve the quality of your life outside of the fitness event, right? Outside of the gym, outside of the kitchen. What are the things you're doing? And how? what's the quality of that experience? Will it be better if you are more fit and healthy and have more confidence and feel better about yourself? Absolutely, which is why we do this. But that's not what today's episode is about. I know it's a huge ta tangent, but if you've been listening to these episodes, I wanted to kind of explain that to you and what my mindset is about fitness. And that brings me to this point that is, kind of completely unrelated, but also very related. And it's creating a, a physique that you want and having muscles that struggle to grow. And the reason that I wanted to make this specific episode is because I am somebody, yes, me, that is notorious for having a very good symmetrical body as far as like my legs and my torso and my arms and my chest. But something that you guys might not know is I actually have kind of, I don't want to say small arms, but they're not that big. Proportionate to the rest of my body, I've had arms that were not as fit as I am. And I'll explain that. I have a lot of friends in the fitness industry that have like really good arms. Like in a t-shirt, dude, they look so muscular. But outside of when they take the t-shirt off, I look way better than them. I have better legs. I have better calves. I have a more defined back, way better chest better abs, but my arms are one area that I've really, really struggled on. And I think the thing that made me struggle, and I didn't realize this for years, is the fact that like I didn't work them enough. And I think what I hear a lot when people have an underdeveloped muscle is number one, they blame genetics 100% of the time. Uh, genetically, dude, I just blah, 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 which can play into it 100%. But it's probably smaller than you think. And another thing that I hear guys complain about a lot is calves. Now, I know some people that have really, really good calves and they don't do shit. It's it's 
genetic. And there are those people out there. But for the vast majority of people, just to give you guys a, a super uh, far look into what we're going to talk about this episode, it's not genetics. It's just because you don't work them properly or enough or do enough volume or enough progressive overload or your recovery. Like it's something. Um, so if that's all you wanted to know, you could stop listening to this episode. But if you want to dive in deeper, keep listening. Um, for years, actually, I, I did not have very good calves. And I was actually somebody that was an athlete since they were little. So I was running and jumping and whatever, but I didn't realize how muscle was built. And all I did was like work out. Okay. And I do, I'm doing air quotes when I say work out because working out and training is different. Working out is what athletes do, right? Like there are a lot of them. I mean, they train too, but when they're like exercising, right? So exercising can be built, broken down into two categories, working out and training. That's how I look at it. Um, when you exercise, right, you're like sweating and doing strength training or cardio, whatever. Are you working out? Cause working out to me is just like, Hey, I'm working my body. Training is very specific. So for years I was just working out. I would just go to the gym and work out. And it was just like kind of random. It wasn't really structured. I was putting in effort. I was sweating. I was kind of going through, you know, like trying hard in, in the gym or on the field or whatever, but I didn't really understand the why. And understanding the why will change the way you work out because once you do that, I consider it, I say it becomes training because training is very, very, very specific, right? Think about training at work. Like take these courses and modules for X, Y, Z. Like it's a very specific that you do these things because of this specific outcome. And this is exactly how we're going to do the training, right? For this long on this day, whatever, like it's really structured and it has to be. If they're like, oh, just study kind of this material-ish you're like, oh, well, thank you. That is very indirect and not helpful. So it's the same thing when you're looking at like exercising. Are you working out or are you training? So number one, if you have a lagging muscle group, let's say it is your booty or your chest or your arms or your legs. For guys, I hear chest, um, arms, and, and calves a lot. So if you have a lagging muscle group, you might genetically not have that muscle group very developed. But you know what that means? That you just need to work it more. Like that's all it means. Now, will you still have a barrier? Like if you work it a lot for 10 years straight, two days a week, could somebody with good genetics still beat you out and have a better physique? Yes, we see this in bodybuilding all the time. No matter how hard you work, genetics play a big role. But you probably, I must guarantee you, you haven't even come close to your peak potential of your genetics. And you're not allowed to say that you have unless you've been lifting for 10 years or longer very consistently and very intelligently. That's my opinion. And I could tell you because I would say it was probably at the like 10 year mark, at least I see a lot of people where they kind of hit their like plateau. Now, obviously you can take performance enhancing drugs, TRT, different things to kind of help you over that hump. But like if you're a hundred percent natural and all you do is just take like over the counter supplements, right? Not some like sketchy stuff that you got online or you got from your friend. I mean, you start talking about performance enhancing drugs and then maybe genetics don't matter as much or whatever. But um, for us full natties, you're, you are limited. And I could say that I probably hit my like peak, peak physique about 10 years in. Uh, I've been lifting for 17 years now. And over the last seven years, six or seven years, I don't really, I haven't seen like too much 
uh, change. Now, obviously, I haven't really been also lifting to like body build. I haven't been lifting primarily the last seven years to grow bigger, to do these things. I've honestly just just the just trying to stay healthy. Part of the reason is I after about ten years, I was I was lifting like traditional bodybuilding. I mean, I had some athletic stuff in there too, but I realized that like, man, I'm starting to get hurt. I'm not prioritizing my, my mobility. I'm not prioritizing all this stuff. So my training changed a lot. And honestly, because I'm an athlete, I didn't really care about having like the nicest arms. I wanted to be really, really well-rounded and functional and a badass. And I want to be able to fight, run, swim, hike, do all these things. If I looked good doing it, awesome. And I, I still cared about how I looked for sure. But I also knew that I wanted to, if I looked good, but I couldn't perform, that was not okay. Um, and so I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of clients that have had like a problem area. And a lot of these people don't care about their performance. So actually, if you don't care about your performance, it's way easier to get them because all you do is you just increase your training load, volume, time under tension. So I'll give you some real life examples. I had this client um, and for like six months, he had, by the way, he had really pretty small legs, um, specifically his calves. His quads are actually like, they're not very defined, but his calves were like little sticks. And he's like, dude, I, I, I don't even own shorts. And he's like, my calves won't grow. I've tried everything, blah, blah, blah. Like the same story I hear all the time when people are like, oh, I can't lose weight. I've tried everything, um, which is not true. You have not tried everything. You just haven't tried the right things and you haven't tried the right things long enough. So I told them, all right, well, I'm going to put you on this training program. You're going to work calves three days a week, maybe four days a week. Um, you're going to, and all we did is we ended with seated calf raises and standing calf raises. And we did uh, one set or standing, both of them. We started with like three sets of 10 to 12 standard hypertrophy. Um, and then his last set, he put a four set on there. He went to failure. And then at the very end, he just did standing calf raises, single legs, a hundred reps. And now I know that looks like a lot of volume. So I think when we first started, that was like three days a week. And I'm like, but you have to sleep and you have to put them on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So you have to give yourself like a 48 hour rest period. Um, and you have to eat your macros and, and your protein and your carbs. Like you, you, this is a muscle. It needs fuel to grow. And it took a long time, but six months later, I think his calves grew like four or six inches. It was like pretty substantial. Um, and then he's like, I want to wear shorts. Like my legs got bigger and uh, along the whole journey, mind you, this client was complaining the whole time. I don't know if it's working. I don't know if it's working. I don't know if it's working. Well, a couple things you guys have to realize muscle takes a long time to build. The longer that you've been training, okay. Like the more years you've been training, the slower your progress, right? Because it's very quick in the beginning. It's slower. The longer you've been training. I've been lifting for 17 years at this point in my journey my progress is incremental. I've kind of hit my like my like top tier of like what I can do physically in a way be just because if I keep lifting and doing the same volume and manage it, like I might start getting injured and, and things like that, which I've experienced in the past. So you can't just keep doing like when you're natural, you can't just do it like if you're already training five or six days a week for an hour and a half, you can't just keep doing more and more and more and more. You can, but you'll get like, little injuries and then that injury becomes bigger and then then it sets you back and trust me. So like you do have a, a peak amount you're able to train without getting injured and 
generally like, I don't know, for me again, that's like six days a week, an hour and a half in the gym. I can do some other like walking and stuff like that, but for strength training, that's like maximal. And my recovery has to be on point. And even then I have to be very smart with my programming because if I'm doing like the same splits and movements, I start getting like, for me, like little shoulder things, sometimes some knee things. And then you got to think, well, Stefan, why don't you just do more mobility or like foam rolling or recovery work? Well, you got to think an hour and a half of training in the gym. So I'm going to have another session that's 30, 40 minutes foam rolling. Not only do I not want to do that physically because that's like two hours, two and a half hours out of my day, six days a week. Mentally, I don't want to do that. I, I've, I start getting really burnt out and that just the gym becomes not fun. I kind of want it to go like not be every day all day because then I can't miss it. If I take two days off the gym, I miss it and I'm excited to go. And so I have a better relationship with fitness. When I train that much, it becomes a freaking chore to me and I don't want it to become a chore. The reason I've been able to stay fit is because I actually enjoy it. So Anyways, this client ended up growing his, his calves. And I've done the basically the same thing with everybody that wants to grow every type of muscle group. I take them through strength phases, basically like an eight-week strength phase where they get stronger on that muscle group. Because if you get strong, like imagine you being strong on your stronger on your calves. Well, then when we go into the hypertrophy phase, aka muscle growth phase, you're actually able to lift more weight in the hypertrophy range which is more tension on the muscle, which breaks it down more. And the more tension and the more trauma from the micro tears you cause in the, cause in the muscle, sorry, I'm recording this really early and I'm exhausted. <laughs> um, the more trauma you have, the more it sends a signal to your body to hyper recover. You have to understand like muscle growth, all it is, is physical adaptations, right? Like that's all it is. So if you're sitting there putting your body through like grueling muscle breaking work workouts and you're just like tearing the crap out of the muscle and just beating yourself up, but you're also recovering really well, you're giving your body time to super compensate. It's what it's called, super compensation. Not only does it recover, but it also grows bigger, which is the whole point. Like if you, if you broke it down just to recover, you burn some calories, but you're missing the whole point. You want it to super compensate. Well, how do I get my body to super compensate slowly? Well, number one, you have to work out and you have to work out harder. And most people just think like a couple sets are going to do it. Nope. They go, oh, I, I went to failure on two sets. Yeah, there's some science that backs like there is a kind of a, an ideal hypertrophy range. But I can tell you right now that I, I think people are their own science experiments. Okay. I'm just say this. And research will show all this kind of stuff. Research is very controlled and they do these studies and blah, 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 blah. You got to try things on your own. That is like my, my biggest thing, but you have to be consistent in it and you have to know what you're doing. So for me, I had, when I was out of the military, I'll give you a little story about me. So before I get there, I will say though, I've done the, the calf thing, just higher volume, more tension, some burnout, some big, big, big muscle breakdown on the area that affected them. And this was just after their workout, okay? They did their normal workout, chest, back, whatever, and then he did the calves. And I've done the same thing with a chest. I've done the same thing with girls that wanna build a booty and get glutes. It's like, okay, do your whole workout. And then at the end, I also want you to do hip thrusts or like deficit lunches or whatever, three days a week. Like, and what do you know? Five months later, four months later, like, oh, my booty's here. Like, yeah, you just didn't work it enough. You didn't work it frequent enough and you didn't recover right. 
So I had the same thing when I got out of the military. I kind of worked my legs, but I kind of didn't. And I used to work my legs a couple of days a week, but this is what I did. I just did like, I went to the gym and did like, you know, three sets of 10, at uh, eight to 10 squats, you know, three sets of eight to 10 lunges, um, some seated calf raises, some standing calf raises and like some adductions or whatever. It's like a pretty normal workout, like two main compound lifts, a couple of auxiliary lifts, or maybe some seated leg extensions. And even on the leg extensions, I would go to failure and my legs would be you know, very exhausted and I'd be like, okay, they're going to grow. And they kind of grew, but after they hit a plateau because my body's like, hey, I've adapted to this. I mean, like, yeah, Stefan, when you first started, you know, the, the squats, the lunges, the full sets of calf raises and the leg extensions was a lot of stress, but like now it's actually not that much stress. So because of that, guess what? My body's like, okay, well, we're not going to get grow any more muscle. Like we've already done everything we needed to do. We have the muscle. Um, yeah, there's no reason for us to keep growing. So what do you think I have to do? I have to do more volume, more tension, more load. And this is where people usually get it wrong. They're not doing it enough. You guys are not working out as hard as you should be. You're not having the intensity in the gym. You're not lifting to actual failure or close to it. And yeah, you don't need to lift a failure, but it definitely helps with muscle, muscle growth. Um, uh, Dorian Yates is, is a guy that was really big for that. And then, gosh, I forget the other guy that coach Mike, our, our uh, head in-person coach, uh, really loves, but, oh, Mike Menser, he used to train for like 35 minutes in the gym. Yeah, yes, he was on steroids. Yes, he was a bodybuilder, but he used to just go in the gym for like 35 minutes and train at a 10 and 10 and 10 out of 10 intensity and just absolutely wreck one muscle group. Like just his quads, just like going to like almost tears. I'm not telling you to do that. But I adapted something kind of similar to that when I got out of the military. And I would say I probably gained the most amount of muscle and was like the thickest I've ever been um, by doing kind of a, just a very much traditional bodybuilding split, but it was taking a muscle group to failure. And the longer you've been training, you guys probably need to do this. And if you go, I only have 45 minutes in the gym, fine. You're picking two movements. Like, you know what I mean? Two, maybe three movements. While you have 45 minutes in the gym, okay, if you're only going to spend 45 minutes, you need to go five days a week. And we're just going to do muscle building splits. And what you're going to do, like the other day, I did pull-ups, okay? Uh, well, I did pull-ups and assault bike. This is more of like a functional bodybuilding workout, but this is what I would do if I wanted to work my back. I do pull-ups, uh, then uh, probably like some type of row. You could do cable row, doesn't matter. Pull-ups, rows, and curls. That's it. I'm just going to cycle those for like 45 minutes. I'm going to do like five sets, six sets. And that seems like a lot of volume. But if I'm only training that muscle group basically one day a week, I have seven days for recovery. Like, and, and some people might say, wow, that's too much time. It's better to do three sets. Uh, but if you do three sets and you do it twice a week, that's still six sets. It's not the same. That's like saying, I'm going to run one mile a day, seven days a week. Do you think that's the same as going out and running seven miles in one day? Hell no. Hell no. It's the same thing for your muscles. If you think that doing three sets, like this is how my, I've done so much training other people and experimenting. If you think doing three sets of 10 to 12 on Monday, and then the same thing on Thursday is the same thing of doing six sets in one day, I think you're wrong completely. I think that there is some research that shows that, oh, it's about the total volume through the week. 
Yes and no, but like the muscle has to get signals that you broke it down enough for it to recover. So if three sets of eight to 10 is like just enough to like kind of break it down, it's going to just kind of grow, maybe. Or maybe it will just kind of refill with glycogen and, and, and like recover enough to where you could do it again. But if you do six sets and you're really, really tearing it down, what signals do you think those are going to send? Grow more. Now, I'm not saying go do German volume training, which is 10 sets of 10. I'm not telling you to do that. But like you will grow bigger and more effectively doing more sets and reps and high, at higher weight, right? So I, So again, when I was out of the military, my legs were not great. I didn't have any definition in them. I really struggled with growing them. And it was one area that I really, really wanted to grow back in 2015. And for five months, this is before I did my first photo shoot, for about five months out of the military, cut out alcohol. I was like, you know, back then I was more unhealthy, cut out like all my food, everything that I was doing. Um, and I ended up training my legs every Monday because I wanted to start off the week. Uh, maybe I should have trained them on Sunday, but I didn't want to be sore for the weekend. Uh, I wanted to like go on hikes and have fun. And so every single Monday I did, uh, this is, was my split. I did five sets of 10 of squats, five sets of 10 of leg press. I think I did like two narrow, three wide or something. Five sets of 10 of walking lunges. I did leg extensions, leg curls, abductions, and adductions, and calf raises. Now you might be like, dude, oh my God. That was like a two hour session and it was brutal. And for three days, my legs were so, so sore. Now this is the thing. Soreness is not a precursor of like a good workout or a successful workout. But I see a lot of people that have been training for like five years plus and they go, I don't really get sore anymore. Well, you don't, yes, sometimes that happens, but a really good indication is not that you're not training hard enough, but like you can get sore. I can make you sore. It's not that hard. Like, what do you normally do? Oh, I do, dude, I do, I do four sets of, of 12 right now. Okay, cool. I want you to go in the gym and I want you to do four sets of 12. And then I want you to do four sets of eight or four sets of six. And I want you to go up and wait, try doing eight sets. Tell me how you feel. Bro, I, I guarantee you, you'll be super sore. And I guarantee you, if you just did that same thing and like almost double your volume and the first part was hypertrophy, top end, and then you did like low, low end hypertrophy, which is usually around like eight-ish sets, eight to 12 is hypertrophy. So you did the top end range, four sets, the bottom end range, you wouldn't have to do as many movements, but you're really breaking down that muscle, guarantee you'll get sore again, right? And I'm not saying to do eight sets you know, of one movement every workout, but I guarantee you, you'll grow. I guarantee you it's going to break you past that plateau. And our bodies are sometimes very stubborn to adapt. And so we have to force it. Now, one side note, and this is why I told you, you can't keep doing like the same movement and more volume and more volume. Eventually after training for long enough, if you were to keep doing like eight sets, you'll get injured. It's too much. It's too much volume. It's too much repetitive joint movement. At least in my experience, I always get these like, it's, it starts little too. It's like, ah, oh, I got this little knee thing. Oh, I got this little elbow thing. So again, I think the, the big thing for me was like training my muscle groups less frequent, but harder, but with that prioritizing recovery and mobility and flexibility, that way I could destroy. And I don't just sit there and being tight. And I, you know, I made this mistake back in 2015 
because I would destroy my legs. I'd be sore for three, four, five days. I almost wouldn't be fresh until six days later. That's like how bad I felt. I took them beyond failure. Um, sometimes I'd even get on the stair step rafter. So like really just beat the living crap out of my legs, but they grew and they were the biggest they've ever been guaranteed. I wish I would have like have my measurements from back then. Um, but I even see the photo shoots and I'm like, yeah, they're more cut now, but like, dang, I had some freaking tree trunks for my size. I felt good. I was definitely really, really strong, but I gave my body all this time to recover. The one thing I didn't do is I didn't do mobility. I didn't do flexibility, which I really wish I would have now because, um, I ended up just getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And I'm telling you right now, when you break down your muscle that much and the next day, it like, you're, you know, you're moving all stiff and sore being flexible and mobile, I think will help you. Now it's not all injury prevention, but you just feel better when you're sore. And I think I just, I didn't really know as much about recovery. So I wouldn't take ice baths or sauna or whatever. And really it is managing that inflammation too. Um, the cool thing is I wouldn't train. I, I would say back then I trained my legs way harder than I train every other muscle group. Um, just because those were the lagging muscle group. Again, like my chest was really good. My, I mean, I haven't really cared about my arms too much, but my chest was really good. My arms were okay, but my legs were something that really needed work. So you know what I did? I just like made that 50% of my training and increased the intensity by, you know, 25% on every session. And then I just kind of, you know, kept doing my other body, but it was already good. So I let my legs catch up. So if you have, if your legging muscle group is whatever, okay, take some of that training volume that you're doing on the muscle groups that are already pretty good and just change them over to your booty or your calves or whatever muscle groups like it's not that hard guys and it and again it is a marathon and not a sprint like don't try to be like oh well coach stefan said i just have to add in a ton a ton a ton of volume because i want them to quickly grow no it still takes time you'd probably be better like honestly for most people in the first five years of training you'd probably be better adding in like three sets, two or three days a week and not adding in a, a day where you do eight sets. The only reason I had to do that is because at that point I was already lifting for like 10 years and my body kind of really, really, really hit this plateau. And so I had to, if you're natural, crank it up to get my body to get past this plateau. And here's the cool thing, a muscle. You don't have to necessarily continue that high of training volume once you have the muscle, which is really, really cool. So imagine from right now, I'm like 175 to 180, probably like 178. If I really wanted to gain a lot of muscle mass, I could probably gain five to eight pounds of muscle mass in a year, which is really, really good for somebody that's been lifting for 17 years and is natural. I could do it. I don't know if I'd keep all of it, but let's say I kept five pounds and I trained really, really hard volume. In theory, as long as I kept eating the right amount of calories for my new maintenance, because my new maintenance calories are going to go up and I ate a lot of protein, the same amount of protein now to support the extra five pounds of muscle. If I did that consistently, I can actually take my training volume. Let's say I was doing eight sets and I could go back down to a few sets and probably keep all the muscle I have as long as my nutrition's on point. Because all I need at that point is just some muscle stimulation and, um, and I'm not going to get into a bunch of the science, but there's different pathways and things that are activated, stimulating muscle growth. And it really doesn't take a lot of volume. So that, and I, you know how I know that works? It's literally what I'm doing right now. I spent years and years and years building up like pretty good legs, good back, good chest. 
I really don't train at as high intensity as I used to a couple of years ago. When I started this business, I got super busy. And a lot of my training is what I would consider more maintenance phase than anything else. Um, I'm not really trying to get bigger. I'm not really trying to get stronger. I'm just trying to maintain and stay lean and that's it. And I, my training volume is not that high. Some days are, but like, it's not that high. I'm not trying to purposely grow. And so I could even probably go down to training three days a week and keep almost all my muscle as long as my nutrition was good, which is pretty, pretty nice. And I can keep all the physique that I've had from the hard work. So this individual that I told you about the calves, kind of the same thing. He goes, do I have to keep training them after every workout? I said, nope, not anymore. You still have to train them. I'd still train them probably twice a week because genetically they are smaller. So it's a lagging muscle group, but let's take off one day that you train them and let's reduce the volume a little bit. And guess what? His calves kept growing actually, because now like it's, it's kind of a, a, a two thing. It's, it's a dichotomy because number one, he just trained his calves more frequently than he was before because it was one day a week. So he went from one to three, now to two. But did they grow as fast as, as when he was doing three? No, they didn't because he's only training them two. But it's a time thing. It took him another six months to grow a little bit, but they kept growing and growing and growing and growing. And I don't work with this client anymore. So I don't, I don't know the measurement of his calves, but like they kept getting better, but also to maintain... Plus, get a little bit better. He actually had to do less. But there is a period of time where you're going to have to do more. And most people say, well, I've tried everything, which is complete BS. Because if you look at their training regimen, they go you know, two to four days a week. Some weeks they miss the gym because they're busy and they went on vacation. And you know, when they do train, they do a couple sets and maybe they don't really put it as heavy as they can. And those are people that work out, right? They go in the gym, they kind of go through the motions they leave and then they bitch that they don't get any success, right? Or their muscle group's small. Guys, if you had intentional training and an actual plan and you went in there with intensity and you just worked that lagging muscle group a little bit more consistently for months and months and months, you would get results. Most people are just not patient. Delayed gratification is gone in 2023. People want instant results. We live in a society that's very fast right now. I want it right now. If I don't get it right now, I'm going to give up because this is BS and it's not working. And oh my God, poor me. Let me freaking cry about it. Like, cool. Well, that's just like going to work and being like, if I don't, if I don't get to a point where I can retire and become, you know, make six figures in, in one year, then I'm going to find another job. Like that would be ridiculous. Most people would say that that is like, like call that person dumb. Like, dude, it's going to take, you may have to work at this company 20 years. You got to get promotions. You got to do all these things. Um, but now, you know, we live in a society that just wants, you know, the the end in the beginning. And that's not how it is, guys. Building a really good physique, whether you have good genetics or not, generally takes a very long time, right? It just does. It is something you have to do day in and day out. And that's why understanding your training and something like this is why I said in the beginning, if you're going to be doing something every single day forever, like training and like eating, you might as well freaking figure it out right now. Because if you don't, this is something you're going to have to keep doing over and over and over again. And you're going to sit there and you're going to be like, I've been going to the gym for 15 years. And I have, and I hear this all the time from men and women. I've been going to the gym for like 10 to 15 years, pretty consistently, which actually means not that consistent, um, pretty consistently, even if you have, um, pretty consistent. And yeah, just like have never really like had like a really great physique. 
dude, why 10 or 15 years? That's like saying I've been at the job, the same job for 10 or 15 years. And I kind of in the same position, kind of making the same money. Like you would be like, I failed, but the gym is also somewhere you're putting in work. I'm not saying you need to look like a jacked bodybuilder, but you not being at like kind of close to your ideal physique. Don't you think after a few years, you're not going into that physique that you're doing something wrong? Of course you are, right? And you can't blame your genetics. You shouldn't blame your your little legs on your dad or your dad's dad's side or whatever. Like, it's just because you're not training them properly. And if you do have genetic predisposition to have a smaller muscle group, what do you think you need to do if you want that muscle group to grow? Work harder than everybody else, right? It's like the people that are born in the projects and people that are born in to a rich family. Okay, well, that's your situation. As unfortunate as it might be, at the same time, if you're born in a worse situation, what do you probably have to do? Work harder to get out of it. But you know what? There's some reward that comes with it because you have that pride to being like, hey, I worked really, really hard for X, Y, Z. So, I mean, that's the situation. That is the situation. We can't change the cards we're dealt, but we can actually work to change that hand a little bit, right? Like we can put work towards it. So that's all I'm saying for you guys to do. Um, it's not that hard. You add more volume, you add more load, you add more frequency. Once you get the muscle um, and you and you grow that muscle part, you can actually usually download the frequency, the volume, and go to more of a maintenance phase while keeping that muscle if your nutrition's on point. So hopefully this episode was helpful. Uh, I got to go spend the rest of my Saturday with my family. Uh, I appreciate you guys tuning in. You can go to thepursuehp.com and check us out, check our programs out. We do full custom training and nutrition programs for our clients. We do work with a lot of veterans, first responders, medical professionals. Um, and just to let you guys know a little bit about what we're doing too. Over the last two years, we've had 500 plus transformations online. So our clients are absolutely freaking crushing it. Um, most of our clients come to us to burn fat, build muscle, increase performance, which is you know why we're talking about this. And for those of you that are more on the performance side of things, we actually do have a tactical performance uh, like tracked in our training for those that are going into law enforcement, want to get in shape for military tests or whatever you guys are doing that is in that first responder fitness realm. We got you covered. Um, we have a lot of people that are going into special forces, going in military, getting in shape for the academy, SWAT, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we'd love for you to go to our website and check it out and, and just have a conversation with you. You can also find me on social media at Stefan Coons underscore fit on Instagram. Uh, or our our business one, which is at pursuit underscore HP on Instagram. So appreciate it, guys. Love you, and uh, we'll see you next time.